sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Good afternoon. Welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid, and we have you for two hours getting you ready for the NBA games coming up very shortly. We're going to go through them all in addition to everything that happened in Major League Baseball last night. Fantasy and reality. We also kick around some fantasy football talk as we get ready to close out the week and get into another action-packed weekend. NBA playoffs, really exciting games last night, a couple of upsets as well. We're going to cover it all for you. I, of course, am Craig Mish, along with my co-host Joe Pizzapia for the next two hours. We're covering it for you. We got fantasy or reality, the sports grid 60. But first and foremost, Joe, as we close in toward the weekend, we have a lot to get to in both fantasy baseball and fantasy football today. Good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, my friend. Yes, we have Mike Teglier from Fantasy Pros in the show today. You're not going to want to miss that. He's one of the best fantasy football minds out there and a contributor to the Black Book as well. So stick around for that. Plus, uh, we're on a bit of a roll here with those GPP arms. So let's see if we can get it three days in a row. Kent Maeda, Amber Valdez in Colorado. It worked. Let's try one more. See if we can uh, get there one more time. Make it three in a row. Fingers crossed, Craig. We'll see how we do tonight. All right, those of you who are interested in uh, in all of our shows, by the way, you could go to our on-demand channel over on YouTube, and that is, of course, SportsGrid. Follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid as well. So on the show, we'll cover it. And unfortunately, though, got to start with a little controversy uh, in Major League Baseball last night, a very bizarre uh, scene playing out on television as uh, Tom Brenneman of the Cincinnati Reds uh, broadcast team and, and working for Fox uh, utters out a homophobic slur and uh, and ends up actually uh, f- calling a game, finishing a game, getting into the second game, and uh, and ends up apologizing for that. But you know, certainly too little, too late at that point. As Nick Castellanos hits a home run during the apology, one of the more surreal things I've ever seen on TV. And uh, needless to say. Being in television and radio, that microphone uh, certainly is always on, and um, and that doesn't excuse what was said here at all. But uh, you just simply know that that is always going to be the case, and um, I, I would probably predict a unfortunate uh, uh, ending to this. Uh, fortunately for us, we don't have to worry about those sort of things. Uh, Casey Mize and Dane Dunning squared off. It was their first start a piece, the first two pitchers in Major League Baseball history to start two rookies and each strike out seven in a game, interestingly enough. Uh, how about Kyle Tucker, a career night for him? Is this the beginning of Kyle Tucker? Is it finally happening for Kyle Tucker? Maybe so. He had a career night. We're going to talk about that in a second, although the Astros have just been blistered with all kinds of injuries, and Alex Bregman is the latest one. He leaves the game with a leg injury, and we'll have to see what his status is today. The New England Patriots, uh, Bill Belichick, maybe talking about a quarterback platoon using three or four guys. You know that this is a bunch of nonsense. If this is public, that can't be the case. Um, That's what was said yesterday. And of course, with the little information that we get in the NFL, we're going to run with it. No doubt. Uh, Utah jazz tie up their series with the Denver nuggets uh, at a game apiece. This is going to be a good long series. I would imagine. And then a huge upset and big surprise because the game wasn't even really that close. 
Luka and the Mavericks end up shocking the Clippers 127 to 114. And so there's two big underdogs that come through yesterday. We'll see what happens again today. But Joe, you know, certainly a lot of news in baseball happening. But in all of my years watching baseball, it never ceases to amaze me when I see something just so out of the ordinary. And to watch that video go down uh, with uh, Tom Brenneman of the uh, of Fox and the Cincinnati Reds, and of course his father is a Hall of Famer and longtime broadcaster. Boy, that that was just one of the uglier scenes that you would ever see in a surreal scene playing out on TV as well. Yeah, it's very difficult. Uh, and uh, I'm going to tell you right now, you people know me that I know that I, I'm not all for the cancel culture, but I, I'm also also for holding people accountable. And I think we have to here to a certain extent and whatever that means. There is no way that this didn't affect people in this organization, whether they be players, coaches, people in the front office, workers for the organization. There certainly are members of the LGBTQ community within the Cincinnati organization. And if you think there aren't, you're probably wrong. I'm just telling you right now. And I'm someone from the theater world for over 20 years who has probably spent more time than most straight white men around that LGBTQ community. And I can tell you they are one of the best communities you'll ever find, accepting, caring, wonderful for uh, for the most part. And my guess is they will continue to be that even with this going on here in this incident and try to reach out and use this as a teachable moment. Whether or not he's going to hold this position after say, I don't know what, what was striking to me, he said, this is not what's in my heart. And if it's not what's in your heart, then why is it in your mouth? Even uh, yeah. on a side note in a, in a hot mic scenario, whether it's hot or not, the point is it, it's 2020. It's no longer cool to look at uh, a group of people and speak derogatory towards them based on their sexuality. There's plenty of reasons to hate on people or make fun of people, but people's sexuality, that's a private personal thing. And at no point in time are you better than them or they're lesser than you because of their sexual orientation. And I just can't believe in 2020 we're still at this point personally, Craig. So I know I probably have a lot more feelings about this than most because of the environment that I've been around in my life. And I just try to look at everybody as individuals. And there's plenty of reasons as individuals for us to get at each other certain things. But sexual orientation, just to derogatorily speak about them because of that, it's just there's no place for it. And I think it's very offensive to the folks in that organization. And it's unfortunate, Craig. I mean, you're a broadcaster for many years. I'm curious to hear your thoughts about this because you're somebody been doing it a longer time than I have. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing for me more than anything is that that's just not a word that I would ever say, let exactly. alone say uh, on TV. Like that word would never even come in my mind to even say. And I think that is more of the troubling uh, issue of this for me. Um, in my history of television, I have had a hot mic incident previously about 20 years ago. Um, but it wasn't anything like that. Just caught on camera saying something silly. This was not. We'll have fantasy standouts next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today, Sports Grid, Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia. We're in the thick of the fantasy baseball season. Are you guys still playing out there? Are you paying attention to what your team is doing? I know I am. I'm 
trying to win, but it's not easy with the amount of guys that I have out. How about fantasy football? You guys drafting right now? Are you girls drafting right now? You're ready to go for the 2020 season? Let us know on Twitter at Craig Mish, at Joe Pisa PS17, and of course at Sports Grid. Catch all of our shows on YouTube if you're not watching this live. But since there is baseball to be had, it's live baseball. There are games going on. We figured. Let's continue to recap everything that happened last night and take a step forward to today. And let's begin with a very interesting topic here because Kyle Tucker is still a young man and still has a chance to deliver on the promise as a keeper in a lot of fantasy leagues. The question is, is this the beginning? They certainly have enough issues and injuries to finally give this guy some playing time, but A.J. Hinch wouldn't play him, and Dusty Baker is not playing him. I I don't know if this this kid's ever going to get a chance to play uh, I know that there's been just you know some issues with him and personally. I know that not everybody has loved him. I'll just put it that way. Either way, four for five yesterday, two triples, a home run, four runs driven in. Maybe this is his shot. Hey, guess what? Fernando Tatis Jr. homered again. There's a huge surprise. Two for four. He's got his 12th <laughs> home run, and he's leading the majors in home runs. That's, uh, that's coming. Uh, how about the Chicago White Sox? The only White Sox that really has not hit anything in the last week was Edwin Encarnacion, and then guess what? He woke yesterday. Two home runs. He now has four. It's good for one of my teams. I could use it. Avisail Garcia, the Milwaukee Brewers. That's not a name we've called out a lot this year. Brewers offense has just been abysmal from the start of the season, but he hit his third home run. He also drove in four runs. Aaron Savali, one of those big uh, surprises in fantasy this year. A a complete game, one earned run game yesterday to pick up another win for him. Nine innings pitched, five hits. He is becoming a star in both fantasy and reality. And speaking of which, what in the world's got into Brad Keller? Yikes, 3-0? This guy hasn't given up a... Is is this right? Uh, He has not given up a run all season, Brad Keller, in the three starts that he's made. Remember, he missed the first week of the season. But uh, six and two-thirds, no one run, five strikeouts. And then Jesus Lazardo. it seems that, that Oakland has found the recipe for success with Lazardo, which is essentially... Uh, you, you basically cannot let this guy go deep into games because the third time through is when the issues start to begin. Six in the third, no one runs, seven strikeouts, and he picks up a win. And so, Joe, I, I probably missed somebody uh, also from yesterday, but go ahead and, and take one of these and run with it. <laughs> well, I'm going to take Aaron Savali because, uh, to me, that was a great start. And, yes, it was against the Pittsburgh Pirates, but kind of like Zach Gallon earlier in the week we talked about, we're looking for those guys who are starting to make a name for themselves and plant the flag as new aces because we're going to need them. Uh, Chris sale Verlander. Some of these guys are starting to age out. Maybe even Max Scherzer in the next year or so. So we're gonna have to look for who the next guys are. Clearly Shane Bieber has taken that up, but man, these Indians pitchers just continue to be just absolutely dominant. And Savali's another one of these guys too, especially in the daily world that you start to see the price rise. And last night it was pretty high and it was basically in the same level of guys like DeGrom and guys like Cole. And after last night's performance, it's probably going to stay around that no matter who the opponent is. And I can't say that it's a bad play, Craig. I have been just incredibly impressed with him and Gallon. Those are two guys that I think you take out of 2020 and you look to 2021 and you say, okay, these guys are the next. They're ready to take that step forward as fantasy aces. And they're probably not going to cost as much as the Walker Buellers of the world. They'll probably still be in that, that 1A tier. And you know what? You can get two of those guys and probably lead a rotation, I think, in 2021. And I don't think that's a hot take whatsoever. And, and you know, Kyle Tucker... Man, Craig, I want to say, yeah, it's the beginning of something, but it's Colorado. 
So let him do it for a week somewhere else outside of Colorado, and then I'm going to be all on board. I'll be super excited, but I have to just take it with a grain of salt because we all know Colorado can just yield some crazy results. Are you worried about the Astros right now? Is this just too many injuries between Jordan Alvarez being out for the year, which we really didn't even mention at the top? That was a big story yesterday. But, geez, I mean, can the Astros lose Alvarez, lose Verlander, and really theoretically compete again for a World Series championship? Yeah, Bregman's out too. Altuve's hitting under 200. Um, the answer is no right now. Um, that's it. I mean, the answer is no right now. But again, they have time, and there are 16 games, 16 teams making it. And if Houston is the 15th team, I give them a shot. You know, they just have to get in, but <laughs> they get those guys healthy. So that's one of the few teams that doesn't really need the regular season. They need the postseason. Uh, speaking of which. The Cincinnati Reds, even with this uh, this controversy that's going on with them off the field, on the field, they look formidable, and they look like a team that at the very least is going to get in the postseason. And one of the main reasons why has been the best pitcher in baseball in 2020. Trevor Bauer of the Cincinnati Reds, who had nothing to say, by the way, about uh, this whole uh, incident that happened last night, but did have a lot to say about everything else, which is who Trevor Bauer is. But look, let's not ignore what the stats are. And uh, here is a free agent, by the way, uh, after the season. Seven innings pitched, one hit, no earned runs, no walks, eight strikeouts. The numbers are just staggering in 2020. He has he is delivering on the promise of who we thought Trevor Bauer is. He struck out 41 batters so far. His numbers are at the top in every statistical category in Major League Baseball. But after the game, instead of focusing as much on his performance, Bauer decided to have his press conference with the pair of cleats that he wanted to wear during the game and uh, was not able to and chose to talk about that after the game. Oh, uh, MLB told us that, you know, we had a, a new cleat policy this year where they were allowing us to put, you know, kind of whatever we wanted on the, on the cleats, as long as it wasn't like offensive or political. And uh, apparently that's not uh, the truth. Apparently it's just, if they, if they agree with it or not, uh, so they threatened to eject me from the game and suspend me uh, if I wore them. So that was the deal. Um, I think they, I don't think they have grounds to, to do that. It certainly would be completely unprecedented for, uh, I guess, what would be considered a uniform violation by them, even though it's not really a violation given the rules this year. Uh, but I just didn't want to put my teammates in a situation like that. I did wear them pregame, warming up and stuff like that. So they're authenticated. They'll still be available per, uh, per the rules I put on Twitter. But I guess in the future, I just won't announce them so that MLB can't uh, freak out about me following the rules. Well, there you have it, Joe. Not a huge surprise there that uh, that this is the focus of the postgame, the cleats, the free Joe Kelly uh, cleats. Joe, look, here. here's the thing. Trevor Bauer has a chance to be one of the best pitchers in baseball he's showing it this year, mm-hmm. but he just does things that, that, that in some way are always going to hold him back. You know, the cleats, I don't think the cleats is a huge deal one way or the other, but that's essentially was three minutes of the seven minute press conference. Bauer has said he doesn't want to sign with a long-term deal with anyone. He wants to do a one year deal with everybody, which is asinine. You know, I mean, after this season, Trevor, with all due respect, how much better can you get than this? You, 
I mean, you are not going to take the $200 million that someone's going to offer you and take your one year and 20 just to see where you want to play the following year. Look, I give Bauer credit for that, Joe. If this is the way that he wants to live on a day-to-day basis, cool. But I don't get the guy, man. <laughs> He's just different. Some people walk to the beat of their own drummer. Trevor Bauer has his own drum, his own drumsticks. Uh, he's got a whole band behind him. Uh, they're all on Twitter. Uh, it is, uh, oh, he's a crazy cat, man. There's no way around it. He is his own thing. And you know what? As much as I or you might not love all the Trevor Bauer antics, I think in a lot of ways he's good for baseball. It feels like baseball is kind of in this weird teenager phase where they're all like breaking out of this shell of the unwritten rules and what baseball used to be and should be. And, it feels like the players are starting to change the game and, and kind of drag it kicking and screaming into the new millennium. Finally, it's just probably 20 years too late, but it feels like that's kind of what's going on. Almost a reckoning. If you were, and if you recall, I said, and, and I, and I know you probably touched on it too, that if the reds were going to be for real, that it really hinged on what kind of Trevor Bauer showed up. If it was bad Trevor Bauer, which was nearly an ERA of six in the second half last year, they had no chance. But if good Trevor Bauer showed up, that this was a team with Gray and Castillo and the new additions to that roster that could really make some headway. And clearly the good Trevor Bauer showing up and maybe part of the good Trevor Bauer is creating this other aura around him of all this other stuff. You know, some players play better with distractions and other things. It's me versus the world or me versus this. It seems like Trevor Bauer might be one of those guys, Craig. Yeah, maybe so. But I only have one piece of advice for Trevor Bauer after the season. <laughs> Take the money. Sign a long-term deal. <laughs> The money. You're a pitcher. Take money. A one-year deal. Don't do it. Take the 200. You'll be a lot happier. We'll be right back here with the update and then the tip drill. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today with you here on Sports Grid. Guess what? Fantasy football season is here, folks. I mean, we are, I would say, right on the brink of people starting to get ready for their drafts. And coming up next week, we're going to dive a little bit deeper, do some win totals in the NFL, some fantasy numbers as well. And uh, David Cantor, the NFL agent, is going to join us next week on the show with a full recap of what he thought week one really meant and something that we've been doing here on this show too joe because we really only have quotes to go off here is determine whether or not some of the things that are said are actually legitimate and i gotta tell you i'm a reporter this is really hard to determine i i gotta be honest it is really hard now there are some people joe who are going to be out there that are going to take everything that is said and use it on fantasy draft season and that's going to be a big mistake but I would say this year in particular, you really have nothing else to go on other than that because people cannot post video, they cannot comment during the practice. And and look, if you if you told me go to a baseball game, don't say a word about it during and then compile all your thoughts after, I mean that's not as easy to do as live as you are when you're living in the moment there and seeing something happening. So, I totally get it. This is going to be difficult this year, which leads me to believe lean on what you know, lean on the guys you know. And if you're playing in an NFFC and you're trying to win a million dollars, yeah, I mean, that's when you want to throw your darts and give it a shot. 
but you're playing against your buddies, which I think most people, Joe, who watch the show are. I don't think we have a lot of pros watching this show. We have people who are just regular people who are just trying to beat their buddies in a league. I think in those leagues, you got to go on the safe route because I, I think the risky route could end up getting you in trouble. Well, it's also what's not being said, which is, I think, the big thing I took of last year when there were no updates on A.J. Green as weeks and weeks went by. You started to wonder what's going on. Is he going to come back? I mean, that's very rare. You don't get any news on a player. And that was a big red flag to me. And also look for the people who are not being spoken about at all, too. If you were high on a player, they're not getting any buzz out of camp. That speaks volumes, that silence. Yeah, it does. All right. Uh, well, let, let's dive in back a little bit here to some of our news and notes here, and we're calling it Smoke and Fire. And, Joe, let's start off with the running back in Indianapolis. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, according to a reporter who covers them from the Herald Bolton, says, uh, Jonathan Taylor just hit the truck stick, powered over safety Tavon Wilson in the open field. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that sounds great. Sure. Uh, I know that people have, and, and listen, just because we talk a lot of baseball here doesn't mean that I'm not paying attention to football. I am paying attention to every little tidbit here. I just don't think it's as fascinating as live action in baseball is right now. And some of the videos, Joe, that they're showing of Jonathan Taylor are as follows. His legs, his thighs, his quads, his legs, his thighs, his quads. Like, I don't, people are just infatuated with this guy as if they've never seen him play it down in college because it's the same thing that happened when he was at Wisconsin. So... Dude, that track is lit, um, by the way. I love that track you just dropped. His thighs, his leg, his that's leg. It. That, that's it. That's what it's been. We got a track. Look, here, we got, we got a track on it. Uh, look, okay. I, I am not going to like Jonathan Taylor as much as everybody else is. Look, the in thing to do is pick a rookie, take a stand, and just run with it and say he's going to be great. That's not what I do. I take a guy that I know that I saw play, and Jonathan Taylor is – he could end up being good. But Marlon Mack is good. He's going to play too. So, yeah. great is what I say. I'm not buying Taylor, at least at the beginning of the year. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll throw my two cents in. <clears throat> I like Jonathan Taylor at a certain ADP. I think once he starts going into this, where we're finding him starting to etch into that high-end RB2 instead of low-end RB2, low-end RB2 right around RB3 is perfect for Jonathan Taylor because you can then back it up right away, find somebody else, maybe put Mac together with him if you even want to. My problem is, as he starts to go higher and higher in drafts, then he has to become a return on investment player, and that's where I struggle. How about Will Fuller? We'll talk about him next. Should we believe that this is finally the year he's healthy? SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. More fantasy football discussion for Joe and I. Also coming up a little bit later in the show, even more fantasy football discussion as Mike Tagliere from uh, Pro Football Focus is going to uh, join Joe and they're going to have a football conversation. Did I get that right with Mike or is he with Fantasy, fantasy Pro? I'm sorry. Fantasy Pro. Fantasy That's Pro. Okay. I'm sorry. You're, you I got, you got a wrong. lot on your plate today. A lot of delivery issues. There's a lot of things happening in the Mish household. It is. A lot of fury. It is. There's a lot of fury. It's been a busy day. It is, you know, and, and and Mike is in my uh, keeper league, dynasty league, and contract fantasy league. As a matter of fact, don't ask him about me. He's I'm so bad in that league; it's an embarrassment. Well, so I will. So. Hopefully, don't <laughs> even get into that. I have literally this. I that league is me basically burning money. Like that is what it is. Five hundred dollars yeah, right every here. year. I'm right here every day. You never it's say too much. Hey, you wanna you wanna you wanna get in with you this? Don't, you know what I'm gonna do? Honestly, you want it? Like anything. 
Honest, honestly, I'm going to do that. This year, uh, after the after this year is over, because my team is terrible again, I am going to uh, hand over the reins to you. You can have the team. Yeah. The and I'll pay right for there. it. And you can keep and you can keep the winnings with me and I'll pay for it. It is it is okay. it's too much. I, I can't I'm not good at it. These these auctions, free agent auctions, and then you bid on it, and then in the four in the morning, I don't get the guy. I'm like, what happened? Oh, you're done. I mean, it's just it's just well, too that much. I don't like. I don't like the four in the morning bidding. I'm asleep, so that's not gonna work. But well, great. Um, Thanks a lot. Well, okay, okay so I'll, I will try. I will do my best to turn things around for you. It's it's a nightmare for me. Uh, okay, <laughs> I mean, look, I drafted Isabella. What do you want? That's that's the problem. All right, so let's uh, let's do uh, some smoke and fire here. Let's move on to uh, Will Fuller, and this is a quote from Deshaun Watson. Here's a shocking one. He thinks that Will Fuller's, Fuller is going to be really good. Will's going to ball out. Will's going to be one of the best receivers in the league. Deshaun Watson says. Here's the truth, Joe. Very simple. Will Fuller. When he if if Will Fuller played five games in a row and didn't get hurt, three of those five games, you're gonna win your week that oh, yeah. week with Will Fuller. Because he is gonna catch four balls for 162 yards and two touchdowns. But two things. Number one, he's not gonna play five games in a row ever. And uh and number two, he's never gonna ball out. So I like that Deshaun Watson is optimistic here, and they do have some new moving parts, of course, in Houston. But the, 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 you you can't just keep going down this this road of trust with Fuller, can you? Maybe you can. Can you? Uh, well, first of all, there's no trust. I, I think you have to take that away. You have to forget the concept of trust when it comes to Will Fuller. I think what you're talking about is uh, opportunity. And it's very rare that you get a guy who's already been in an offense for a few years who already has a fantastic rapport with the quarterback. You go look at the game logs of Will Fuller. With Deshaun Watson, they are really good for the most part, and they are very touchdown heavy. And some people will point at that as a negative, which always drives me crazy. I'm like, why are we going to tag guys as a negative for scoring touchdowns? I mean, it's so ridiculous. And yes, some of their some of the guys' uh, fantasy points are tied to that. But when you take DeAndre Hopkins out of an offense, there's going to be more opportunity. In terms of where you're getting him in a draft as a fourth wide receiver, why wouldn't you take him? Because if you're playing the matchups properly for those five games or whatever it is that he's in as a flex wide receiver, sure, he's got huge upside, especially in standard leagues. And that's the thing. You know, people always get hung up on uh, wide receiver value in standard leagues and trying to figure it out. It's very simple. Guys who score touchdowns are very useful. Will Fuller is a guy historically with Deshaun Watson who scores touchdowns and he scores them in big time numbers. So for me, it's a, it's a risk I'm willing to take, but I have to understand too, that he's going to miss time. It's not a question of if it's a question of when, so you have to make sure that you're backing this up with people that, you know, are very steady. It might be a Larry Fitzgerald on the same kind of roster, a guy that maybe sure. doesn't have the ceiling as Will Fuller, but a guy that, you know, is going to be there for every single game regardless. And I think as long as you can create a roster structure around Will Fuller at the current ADP of where he is, the opportunity is there enough to take that shot. And I think it's a risk worth taking because you're not taking him as a number two or three wide receiver, you're not paying that kind of draft capital. Just make sure you understand you have to build around Will Fuller with another wide receiver who is durable, a veteran in an offense that he's familiar with that you can depend on when Will Fuller is out, not if. Yeah, and and, I, and look, there's certainly the chance that he does stay healthy. I was being facetious about that. And nobody's rooting for somebody to be hurt, but 
You just got to go by the track record, and the track record is lower leg injuries have just derailed this guy through the years. Uh, once upon a time, Brian Hoyer was throwing to Will Fuller, right? I'm, I'm, I think I got that right, yeah. Uh, but yeah. In, an, uh, in an unconventional season, check this out. This is a quote from Mike Rice from ESPN who covers the Patriots. What if Coach Bill Belichick goes the unconventional route with the New England Patriots starting quarterback job? And this is simply speculation, Joe. I don't ever remember Bill Belichick making anything public, Joe. So. The only thing that I can think of here, here's the only credence to this comment, is something happening in the practices that the reporters are seeing. Maybe they're just literally splitting the reps down amongst the three guys evenly. Uh, I I don't know. I can't speak to it not being there. So 90% of me tells me this is BS, but 10% tells me I'm not there. These guys are, they're seeing something that leads them to believe that. And this may not be Belichick saying something, just simply seeing things that are happening on the field. That's the only way that I could even give any kind of credence to this report. I will push to the 99 percentile that this is smoke. And the only 1% of why you might see other people on the field right now is they're just slowly trying to work Cam Newton into the offense that Stidham and Hoyer are already familiar with. That is it. Trying to just make sure everybody's getting the reps that they need because Cam Newton hasn't played in a little bit. Cam Newton is still recovering from an injury and trying to learn a new offense. That is it. That is the only thing stopping this. Cam Newton signed to play. He is there to play. He's a former MVP. Hoyer, Stidham, Nobody is stopping Cam Newton from being the starter, and especially nobody's going to stop him from being the starter anywhere near the red zone. And that's what I care about. Are we scarring for fantasy points? And the answer is going to be yes with Cam Newton. So I think right. this is a lot of hooey, a lot of nonsense. This is all smoke as far as I'm concerned. And Cam Newton is still a very viable QB2 right now in super flex leagues. Okay, and uh, and finally, let's move to the wide receiver position where we're always looking for an upside wide receiver three. I think we all know who wide receiver one and two are, and, and who's going to be on your team. It's always the third wide receiver that you may be looking at as either drafting or having a backup. And in this case, we're going back to the Indianapolis Colts here. And Frank Reich, the head coach, said that Paris Campbell uh, looks uh, strong, fast, explosive, good hands, understands the offense, and consistent. I think Mike Cardano said that about you, Joe, going into today's show. <laughs> um, yeah, starting to resemble the uh, the guy that they drafted back in 2019. That's what the Herald Bulletin is reporting there. Uh, look, I, I, I think even without the quotes here, Joe, I, I think the Colts are looking for new options at wide receiver. I think that that is definitely fair. I think, uh, unfortunately, T.Y. Hilton, uh, is is probably at the stage of his career where he has to get less reps. This has you know been an injury situation with him for a while. They also drafted a wide receiver as well, but Campbell returns to the offense that he knows. So this doesn't seem completely unrealistic to me. If I have him going into the season as my wide receiver three or four, I did something really wrong. But if I got him in the late rounds of a draft and ended up playing him because he succeeded in week one, I could I could see that possibility. Yeah, what's funny is that Michael Pittman Jr. is getting a lot of late round attention, as he should, because I think you can make a good case for him in this offense, the way they run. Also, when you look at the fact he plays on the outside and the fact that T.Y. Hilton's health has been an issue, there really isn't anybody over there who's staggeringly good. So Pittman could emerge sooner than later. But everyone's forgetting about Paris Campbell, which is somebody that everyone was super excited about last year in the fantasy community, wanted to overpay for. Oh, he's going to be in the slot. He's going to be great now. I understand Andrew Luck did not play. So a lot of the Paris Campbell love came from that potentially, but 
if you loved him with a realistic quarterback there, then Philip Rivers is equally realistic. Philip Rivers is going to throw up more than 4,000 yards in this offense. And if you can get Paris Campbell in a deeper league late, which I think you can right now, and basically, I won't say free player, but close to it. If you were excited about him last year in the slot and the potential of him, and you've seen how Philip Rivers in the past has gone after and, and made target monsters out of guys like Keenan Allen, then why not Paris Campbell? Because he does fit in that kind of slot role, and you think that he is going to see a lot of snaps. And that's the thing you're looking for. Who's on the field? Yeah, Pittman has a lot of talent, but if Campbell's going to be on the field more often, I think you want to start leading that way as you're starting to look for late wide receiver picks. And I think that is a reason why you should start looking again at Paris Campbell as maybe that post-hype sleeper kind of guy because last year really didn't go as planned. All right, and uh, and we'll do a little bit of smoke and fire now that this is basically the subject of fantasy football uh, all next week throughout the show, too, as we get you ready for your fantasy football drafts. But coming up in 15 minutes, we've got the day slate of Major League Baseball. And uh, for everybody who's watching this show right now, you should know something about me. I don't throw around picks very often. When I see a pick on here that I really like, I'll make it very clear like I did yesterday. But in all likelihood, that's the kind of person that I am with betting. It's I'm very careful about it. As you remember yesterday, it's very rare for me to bring up a pick from yesterday. But uh, there was no reason for that total between St. Louis and Chicago to be six and a half. Um, Flaherty ended up pitching an inning in that game yesterday. <laughs> Didn't even make it out of the second. And, uh, and, and again, when every once in a while, if you see me say something that, you know, again, now I'm not betting on baseball, I cover baseball, so I don't do it. But if you see me get in on something, you see me get excited about something, that's one usually that will probably mean something. And that definitely was easy. Oh, sure. sure was. You know, and plus you want to keep your path open to the hall of fame. And I think everybody understands that. That's right. I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get the, uh, the extra wing in Cooperstown. I can't even get in my own storage unit, let alone get in Cooperstown. So <laughs> Rays and Yankees, one Oh five Eastern. The Yankees are minus minus one forty here. Rays are going for the sweep. Uh, Tampa Bay is plus one twenty five. The Yankees are minus one forty three. Tampa Bay is starting somebody named Curtis today. And James Paxton starts for the New York Yankees. The total is nine and a half. I have a feeling these two teams, Joe, are going to battle right down to the last week of the season. Yeah, Curtis with two S's, by the way, in case, in case you're uh, keeping you. track at home. Uh, for those people out there wondering who this is, yes, it's another day where we look up and say, who? Who's pitching today? Oh, don't know. Okay. Don't know yeah. who he is. No, me neither. And we are baseball people. I think that's pretty fair to say, you and I. Are I have people. no problem telling you when I have no idea who a guy is, and this is one. And if you ask me how many S's on his name, I would just venture to say one. I, I thought it was a typo. Two. I thought it yeah. was a typo. No, no, it's not, because I did this, the same thing this morning on the DFS podcast, and I went, well, look at that. Uh, but look, Paxson was really good in his last outing. The trick is consistently with Paxson. And, you know, do you feel comfortable wagering with a guy that at any given moment can come out with an injury? And that is the James Paxson history. We know this. So, yes, he was good in his last outing. Will this carry over? I don't know. I understand why the Yankees are big favorites. Uh, but at the same time, the Yankees aren't at full strength either. Do you think the nine and a half is realistic considering neither of these offenses or just a big throw? I, I know I know nothing of the Rays starter. It's an immediate pass. That's that's the immediate it's pass, not even not an immediate pass. Immediate okay, pass. I don't know a fair. player pitching. I'm not going to bet on it. Come on. No. I, I uh, real quick. Uh, Phillies Blue Jays Phillies are, are now within striking distance here with the Marlins uh, falling back here a little bit Phillies are minus 120 Toronto plus 104 no Biggio for Toronto by the way Vlad Jr. has not looked good either for them 
Uh, Shaw's been hot lately. And, of course, Teoscar Hernandez got off to a good start. The total is nine. The game is in Buffalo. So immediately you would lean toward an over. But this is a high number here as well to get to. Uh, Spencer Howard has not looked great. Chase Anderson, ah, he's okay. Probably a bullpen game. If I had a lean, it would be over again here today. But I'm not I'm not feeling great about it. I, w- I would just say a lean here on that. Let, let's not forget uh, our boy Randall Gritchick also swinging a hot bat. He's been hot. And, That's uh, true. Yeah. Yeah, and he's uh, in Buffalo, and in your Buffalo, uh, I think this is, if this is the new cores, like everybody wants to anoint it, then heck, why not? Why not go for that over? It seems like uh, a definite lean that way, especially with uh, these two pitchers on the mound. Not a lot of dominance uh, so far for Spencer Howard or for Chase Anderson. He's not that kind of pitcher. He's more of a contact guy anyway, so it would be surprising to see this game not hit nine or over. Yeah, I mean, the the uh, the amazing thing is that the Blue Jays have the least amount of runs scored in the American League, but they also have the least amount of home games in the American mm-hmm. League as well. We'll have our DFS preview coming up next right here on Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid. so stay on the grid. We're right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid. Coming up a little bit later, if you want to get really on your gambling action, of course, head on over to the FanDuel Sportsbook. We got you taken care of over there. And uh, Scott Farrell going coast to coast later. He's got a four-hour extravaganza of sports betting, sports information, and entertainment that's right here on SportsGrid. So keep it locked here all day long. And why don't you head on over to our YouTube channel, like and subscribe to our show. And if you're already watching us here on YouTube, Set your notifications to on, and this way you'll get the show sent to you every single day. We need some good, solid information for DFS today. Joe, the picks have been hot in terms of pitching. Will that continue today as you pick two road pitchers tonight to keep it going and two road batters as well? I know, I know. A little against the grain here, but look, we're on a roll. Maeda, Framber Valdez in Colorado. Let's go GPP arm tonight uh, with Brandon Woodruff. Uh, Woodruff has been really solid. Keston here hit home run yesterday. Yelich looked good. I think the Brewers bats are starting to come alive just a bit. And uh, his opponent, Jose Barrios, has not been great. He's been very hittable so far this year. Velocity's down. So I'm going to take a shot with Brandon Woodruff here against Minnesota. And Minnesota is going to suppress that ownership percentage there for him, too, in terms of roster percentage. So that's a good thing in GPP, just like Framber Valdez was 5% owned last night. Woodruff is probably going to be closer to 15 or 20 at the most. Uh, Sonny Gray is the cash game arm of the evening, 10.7 against St. Louis. You see how short that Flaherty outing was. I don't know how long Wainwright's going to go, but Sonny Gray's been dominant. Then let's go with Cattell Marte. That's right. The Martes look really good. Manaya has not been good so far this year. I like the Marte boys. Give me Cattell as the guy to pay up for. And how is Raphael Devers just 2.8K in Baltimore? No, no. Roster it everywhere. Take the talent. He's starting to come around as well. Far too good of a player. Slow start, yes but he is still a premier talent and take the discount while you can get it. Yeah. He, he's been better lately, but slow start mm-hmm. is an understatement. He's been a massive disappointment. Yeah, but the price is under three K for that kind of talent in that ballpark against. Ash What's Yelich these days? How much What's is Yelich these days? How much is Yelich? Uh, Yelich is still in that four, three kind of range somewhere around there Four. Oh, really? I don't know. He is tonight exactly, but tie. Okay, we got our top stories coming up next. Hour two, straight ahead. Stay on the grid. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.